This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members, and it's no high-pressure sales or anything, and it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Kyle Spurgeon. Kyle is president and CEO of the Jackson Chamber in Jackson, Tennessee. Before joining the chamber, Kyle was Vice President Corporate Relations for Jackson Energy Authority. He has also served as Marketing Director for the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development. He's helped facilitate project locations representing more than $2.5 billion in capital investment. He holds a BS in Public Relations Marketing from Murray State University. He is past president of the Tennessee Economic Development Council, past president of the Tennessee Chamber of Commerce Executives, past board member of the the Southern Economic Development Council, and past president of the Tennessee Economic Partnership. He is also a board member of several other local community organizations. Kyle is a 2017 graduate of Leadership Tennessee. He was recently named the 2019 Tennessee Chamber of Commerce Executive of the Year. Kyle is married to Melissa. Together, they have five children and one very happily spoiled dog. They enjoy running and traveling. But Kyle, I'm uh, happy to have you with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so you can get to know you a little better. I didn't realize you were going to read that entire bio. We got to get the good stuff, you know. (laughs) Melissa and the dog both smiled when you got to the very end. So Layla's wagging her tail. Good. You know, uh, know, something interesting, I guess, that's not in that. And maybe the reason I enjoy doing these kind of podcasts is in high school and college, I was a radio disc jockey, uh, Spring Records, and I was a sportscaster and uh, read the news. And so that, you know, as we started getting into the podcast area, that was something that just, uh, I'm not going to say it was natural, but it's something I really enjoyed. So I look back on my days working in radio in Paris, Tennessee, and that's probably where this comes from. 
Yeah. No, that sounds great. It's your, uh, you've kind of got that natural comfort with it, I, I would say. So, well, I hope so. Yeah. So, before we just jump into our topic, I'd like you to get some more background on the Jackson Chamber. Just give us an idea of, you know, size of your chamber, staff, scope of work, budget, things you're involved with, just to kind of set the table for our discussion. Yeah. So, our chamber, we have right at 1,050 members. Mm-hmm and a budget of $1.6, $1.7 million, uh, a team of seven. And uh, that word team is all capitalized because we all work together extremely well. And I look at our chamber and over particularly the last four decades, we've been recognized as a chamber that's very, very effective at recruiting new jobs and industry to Jackson and West Tennessee. Uh, what has changed really over the last decade is we've maintained that standing and that influence in the community and that success, but we're looked upon more uh, for our, in addition to that, our, our leadership programs, our assistance to small business. And really since the uh, announcement of Blue Oval City, uh, working with our city and county and others in making sure uh, we uh, lead community development efforts with them, either we lead those, we're on the team uh, because that's become an extremely big part of, of what we do. Uh, our chamber was founded in 1905. We're accredited by the U.S. Chamber. We've got a four-star designation now. We're going to be pursuing that uh, five-star designation, I think, later this year or, or in 24. And as you know, when you're accredited by the U.S. Chamber, you're one of the top 3% of chambers uh, in the country. And that's something we are extremely proud of. I'll conclude this by saying, uh, I guess about a decade ago, our chairman at the time uh, told, he was talking to a group of people about the chamber, and he said, one of the things I'm most proud of is this organization has a seat at every major discussion uh, that goes on in our community. That's something uh, that we don't take for granted. Right. And I think that's going to lead in well to our topic for our discussion today as we focus on the, the impact of community teamwork. So having a seat at all those major discussions, uh, being you know right there at the, the driver of economic development and, and community development, I think we'll have a, a fantastic discussion around that today as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. 
Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Hey there, Donna Nowitzki, CEO of Yifty here. And we are all about the shop local movement. We're working with more than 500 communities like yours and 15,000 small businesses like your members. We're big fans of Brandon and his Chamber Chat podcast, so we're helping to sponsor his show. But while I've got you here, what's a Yifty, you ask? It's a digital gift card branded for your chamber that people spend only at the local shops that you authorize. In 2022, we drove tens of millions of dollars to small businesses in the U.S. The program is free for chambers and free for your local shops. You can sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Kyle, we're back. So as I mentioned before the break, we're focusing on the, the impact of community teamwork. So when you were talking about the chamber, you had brought up Blue Oval City. Uh, I'm familiar with it. I've heard, you know, heard some great things about this, uh, this huge you know, economic development win. But uh, if you would, just fill the listeners in on what, what is Blue Oval City and maybe a little bit of background about how that came to be. And I think that'll lead well into our, our discussion today. Sure. So uh, Blue Oval City is a 17-year overnight success story. <laughs> As most are, right? <laughs> it took a while. Um, and I'll give you some background on that in a second. But it's a $5.6 billion investment by Ford and SK Innovation to build the world's most advanced automotive assembly plant uh, and battery plant on 3,500 acres between Memphis in Jackson. So we sit right on Interstate 40. We are an hour from East Shelby County and two hours from Davidson County, which is which is Nashville. So Jackson's ideally situated. That project uh, started back in the early 2000s when Governor uh, Phil Bredesen and the Commissioner of Economic and Community Development, Matt Kisber, worked with the Tennessee Valley Authority and uh, identified a site that would be great, uh, what, what they would call a mega site, because TVA had started that program a few years earlier. Uh, local folks in Haywood County, uh, the chamber uh, president CEO at the time, Paul Latour, was part of that effort. And uh, those were the early people. You know, in our business, a lot of times when you make the announcement, the folks who were there at that time get all the credit. Well, if it wasn't for the folks early that identified that property and caused it to be purchased, project would have never happened. And uh, what is happening now, uh, Blue Oval City is under construction. Uh, Ford plans to be rolling their new uh, electric vehicle off the assembly line in 25, which is 
crazy to think about it. That's two years from now. And uh, you'll start seeing supplier announcements this year. Uh, the project announced, again, uh, 5,800 jobs, $5.6 billion in capital investment. That's really just the beginning. Uh, we're starting to see uh, those supplier locations, the tier one and tier two folks, uh, looking at Jackson and other parts of West Tennessee, plus the projects that'll need to uh, be situated on site. But every piece of that project happened because of teamwork. Uh, Mark Herbison is president and CEO of HTL Advantage. So that's Haywood, Tipton, Lauderdale counties. Haywood County is actually where the mega site is. It spans Haywood County and Fayette County. Mark led that effort. Uh, I tell folks he has created more jobs uh, per, per capita for a staff than anyone probably in the world in economic development because he, he led that project with two people. Uh, our team at the Jackson Chamber and the Memphis Chamber uh, were part of uh, the negotiation process and helping to close the deal. Uh, but Mark was the guy day to day. And uh, so when you take what Mark did, uh, what we were able to do with the Memphis and Jackson Chamber and TVA in the state, and no one caring who got credit, uh, you know, we were able to close that deal. And it turned out to be, you know, obviously one of the largest economic development projects in Tennessee's history and one of the largest in the country. That is fantastic. So as you're as you're talking about this, the development of the site just yesterday. Uh, so I'm in Texas, but yesterday I, I actually drove past the new Tesla facility that's being right. built right now. So in my mind, I kind I can kind of picture what this is looking like: just a massive space, massive building, the technology that goes into it, and as you mentioned, the the, the discussions of this started in the early 2000s, so almost 25 years from when. Yeah, the first cars will roll off the uh, the assembly line, mm -hmm. but um, the evolution that's happened in that amount of time from having the focus on batteries now versus just what cars were in you know the two thousands. If you if you see a, an early model, you know two thousand, you know F one fifty versus what's going to roll off in twenty twenty five, they'll be vastly different. I'm sure. Yeah, so exactly. Being, being able to keep up with that that evolution that involvement. But um, let's let's focus more on this uh, the community teamwork effort. So you'd mentioned the the teamwork part from an economic development standpoint, working with different counties, different cities, be able to to pull together as a team. Um, what are what are some other examples how things have have worked together? As maybe you guys have been the convener of some of these, you know, throughout the community to to drive some of these wins throughout the Jackson area. Yeah, there, you use that uh, great chamber word, convener. You know, we all, successful chambers do that extremely well. The reason, and, and focusing on the economic development piece first, uh, the reason this community has been successful for 40 years doing economic development and, and recruiting companies like Delta Fawcett, Toyota, Stanley Black & Decker, Kellogg's is here. All the Pringles in North America are made in Jackson. We've always had that stance, no matter who was in an elected position as one of the mayors or who ran Jackson Energy Authority, which is our utility, uh, who, re who ran the hospital here. Uh, we never care about who gets credit. And whoever is mayor allows the chamber to be the quarterback for all economic development activities. And uh, we everything we do is built around that team concept. But we also don't have to pick up the phone and call a mayor's office or a chairman's office 
to you know direct every single move that we make because we've got enough brand equity and the success uh, that we've had. And that's something we we protect. Uh, if, you know, if you ever were to see a member of our team try to step out and make it all about themselves instead of the community, uh, that team member is going to get called back and pulled back and probably not going to be on the team anymore. And uh, so, again, I think we've used that success model and as we've had to expand our, our reach, I guess, into the, the different projects that we're working on and in different communities. We just make sure, again, that it's just all about team. Yeah, so I like that, and I, I see the importance of that. I wonder if there maybe is some you know, tactics or ways that you go about, whether it's dealing with your team internally there at the chamber or broader throughout the community to, to help build a sense of team. And you touched on it a little bit there, but what, what's some of that mindset and maybe tactics around building that team mentality? Yeah, one of the ways uh, is making sure, particularly your elected officials are not surprised in that they give us a lot of leeway uh, to work on projects, again, because uh, not just the team we've got in place now, but we've always been successful doing that. So just, just imagine if you had a mayor in office and uh, all of a sudden you're about to announce a project and he knew nothing about it. That, that'd be a surprise. Uh, but for us to be able to do that, our elected officials and everyone on the team has to understand the confidentially, the confidentiality involved in those projects. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so by bringing it, them in early and us respecting the fact that they understand that confidentiality allows us uh, to do that. And then when we have a new chairman uh, come into the role uh, within our organization, again, bringing them in early, helping them understand how projects occur. Because uh, if you're not an economic developer or been involved in projects, you probably have some misconceived notions about it. And so it's education and making sure people don't get surprised. So I'm curious, did, uh, as far as not having these elected officials be surprised, is that something that you had to learn <laughs> through experience or like, Ooh, we should have plugged them in a little more along the way, or is it just something that it kind of made sense to you from the beginning? So you just a good practice to, to follow all along. Yeah, when you said, uh, did I learn that from experience? In a roundabout way, yes. Uh, you mentioned I worked at Jackson Energy Authority. And uh, I remember firing someone without our CEO knowing it. And uh, John made it very clear to me, uh, his name was John Williams at the time, that uh, he needed to know that because he went to church with the guy's mother that uh, we had just fired. And so you learn real quick. And he came back the next day. He said, Kyle, you and your team did the right thing. God needed to go, but I can't be surprised. So I've always taken that with me in terms of, you know, when you announce a project or you're doing some community initiative and it's successful, you want your elected officials and your investors up there uh, announcing that project. Again, you don't want them hearing about it uh, a day before or a week before without having any. Yeah. Or, or worse as, uh, <laughs> as things are even more developed or they're reading the paper or social media. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's neat how some of those lessons kind of stick with you and wh whether it's something professionally or personal lesson that mm -hmm. carries over and it's something that is important to you that brings a lot of value to others that are, right. are listening to and that you can provide that experience to. So I appreciate you. 
being willing to share that. I know it's not always easy to, <laughs> to share from past experiences like that, but. Um, well, it's that, it's that thing about it. everyone makes mistakes. And as long as you learn from that mistake, you know, I'm not going to say it's not bad, but it's a heck of a lot better if you learn from it. That's right. And, and learn from the first time, hopefully. So, right. <laughs> um, so I, I'd like to know <laughs> if there's maybe tips or action items for those listening who maybe want to build a, a better community <laughs> or teamwork effort, you know, and throughout their, their community and, and take their chamber up to the next level. Yeah. What might you suggest for them to, to try to implement and to, to sharpen that focus? I think an easy thing to do is, you know, sit back. First of all, you have to have a strategic plan. And uh, any organization that's trying to build a, uh, to build their brand and build on success or initiate some success, you have to have a strategic plan. And then once you get that, uh, identify a group of people that you know, like, and trust that you can work with, and then slowly help them find their way onto your board or your executive committee. And then look at that group as your core team, folks that you can pick up the phone and call and know that they're all pointing in the right direction and can, you know, they can alert you so that you're not surprised uh, on things that might be going on in the community, either uh, business-wise or political-wise. But I think it's that first step, you know, uh, every chamber CEO, if, if they're moving, taking a job somewhere else, um, my belief is the first thing you need to do is look at that strategic plan. And if the community doesn't have one, make sure that's one of your first uh, action items, because if you don't do that, then everyone's going off in different directions. You've got to have a, a North Star, something everyone can focus on. Mm -hmm. And so you can build that team effort that way. Right. Well, and I'm glad you went that direction with that. With those, We've seen a lot of change in the chamber industry right now with leadership and everything. So for those who are new to a community, I think that's key advice to make sure that there is a strategic plan. And if not, you know, focus on getting one ASAP. But you had mentioned finding those people in your community you can know, like, and trust. So when you're new to a community, any tips on how to find those people? Because there's certain people that want to be found, right? For good, for better or worse, they want to be found. <laughs> but being able well, to filter out, who are those ones that, that you should know, like, and trust? Well, I've been lucky. I haven't had to go through a search process in 13 years, but just think about it. So if I'm in Jackson, if I was moving somewhere out west or wherever it was, you're going to interview with the search committee. You're not going to take the job unless you have confidence in the organization and that search committee. So that's probably the best place to start. Uh, <laughs> those are the people that because they've accepted that position on the search committee are obviously vested in the community and the folks in the community or organization trust them to make the right decision. Uh, identify one or two members of that or the entire committee and just tell them that. Who are the folks that I need to understand can best influence our success uh, moving forward? I love that piece of advice. So, yeah, I have that that deeper conversation with that search committee once you get that job and, and seek their, their counsel. And I'm sure it'll be valuable. Um, I'll, I'd like to, to ask everyone I have on the show, as we look to the future, of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? That may be your toughest question that you've asked. <laughs> Bring out your crystal ball and you know see what it looks yeah. like. 
I think we've seen it in, I can only speak to our organization, something that has changed, uh, you know, early, particularly I say early, uh, three to four decades ago and all the way up into the 2000s, early 2000s, we could have, you know, encouraged someone to join the chamber just because we were successful creating new jobs and capital investment. They just want to be a part of that. Uh, now uh, they've got to experience something. And so chambers of commerce, the, our events, you know, our social media presence, uh, it's networking and it's an experiential type uh, membership. And um, people will no longer write you a check just because the chamber is great in your community. You know, your, your membership sales team has to build relationships with them. You have to support your existing industries. You have to run leadership programs. Uh, so you really have to be in tune with the uh, folks in your communities and, and the business leaders. So I think moving forward, chambers, just like, you know, something that you look at that's a negative, look around the country at the civic organizations and how their membership has declined. Well, it's those civic clubs that have changed a bit who have been able to stabilize their membership. And in any chamber organization, uh, if you look at the average age of the members, it may be skewing upward. Uh, well, you've got to make sure you're running young leaders programs, uh, under 40 type programs, because those are the folks that are going to sustain your organization moving forward. I like that. I had, I think I just had my own little aha moment because you gave that response. <laughs> so <laughs> when you, when you mentioned that, you know, today people have that need to experience something and it makes me think of just the the connectivity that we have the the instant gratification the especially as you look at the younger generations coming up right now if they can't get amazon to deliver whatever it is you know next day or today would be even better then it's not good enough right so to experience <laughs> something you can't just talk about doing something. You can't just, you know, have a, a good organization. They need to experience something. They need, they kind of need that dopamine hit, right. <laughs> to be able to, to want to come back and have more. And yeah, think it, right. if you're able to provide some small wins along the way where they can see, okay, I'm seeing the value here. Okay. I'm seeing where this is helping the community. I see how this impacts my business leading up to those big wins, you know, those big economic development contracts, things like that. Um, I think it's important for every chamber to, to be thinking about those small small wins along the way to give that feedback loop of the what you're doing is important and they feel involved. So you know, I think you know, one thing to do is make sure not only celebrate the successes that your chamber has in the community, but just think about ribbon cutters. Those in and of them, you're celebrating the success of a small business or a big business. So being a part of the success without taking credit for it of other organizations to where you attach your brand to their brand because uh, everyone loves attention. And if you're a small business and we're doing a ribbon cutting for you, they love seeing their faces and their names on our social media feeds uh, or <laughs> on the traditional media news stories. And so attaching yourself and supporting other folks' success without taking credit for it, uh, that's a big help. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I've, I've heard some chambers getting away from ribbon cutting somewhat, but I think there's still a great value there with, you know, giving that, that positive feedback loop. So, um, 
Well, Kyle, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for those who are listening that want to reach out and learn more about how you guys are doing things there in Jackson or learn more about Blue Oval City and how they can, uh, you know, bring somebody else to their community because they're not going to get Ford, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to get that. <laughs> what, would be the, <laughs> what would be the best way for them to, to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, my favorite way actually is through LinkedIn. Uh, really, uh, all social media is not great all the time, but uh, our team finds LinkedIn to be a fantastic source uh, to connect and share information. Other than that, uh, my email address, love to give that out. It's K Spurgeon, K-S-P-U-R-G-E-O-N at jacksontn.com. And you know, in our business, uh, you learn from other folks. We've, uh, in the last several years, been to Wichita, Kansas, Greenville, South Carolina, Monroe, Louisiana, uh, Franklin, Tennessee, a few years ago. Just learning what those communities were doing in their chamber and economic development teams. And yeah, we're stealing ideas and bringing those back. Uh, we just uh, are going to hopefully be able to announce a $34 million training center that our governor has put in his budget. The idea from that training center came from a visit to Wichita, Kansas. That's awesome. Yeah, those those leadership visits, those you know, inner city visits are they're very valuable. So right. by learning from each other, you know, those listening, reach out, talk to Kyle, you know, learn learn from him and uh and even take it to the next step and schedule a visit to another city and, and see how things are being done there. So that's a whole other topic we can dive into, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. But Kyle, I appreciate you spending some time with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I think you've provided some great value for those listening to, to really maybe <laughs> just take another look at how they are building a, a, a sense of teamwork throughout their community to, to lead to some of these big wins. So I, I appreciate you sharing your experience and, and what's going on there in Jackson. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. Great questions and uh, appreciate having the opportunity to be a part of it. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.